You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This, and I am joined by the one and only organic traffic expert, Rachel Miller. Now, this young lady is not only an expert at organic traffic, she specializes in teaching Facebook how their organic traffic system works because they don't have a clue. Yes, literally, they bring this woman into Facebook to teach them how their system works. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Rachel, how are you? Adam, it's great to be here with you today. Thank you so much. I am super excited. Okay, so for everyone listening who maybe don't know who Rachel Miller is, who are you? What do you do? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I just geek out about algorithms. I love seeing an algorithm and like looking at the outside and seeing it work. Just like yesterday or the day before, I began seeing that there's a change with photos in the algorithm um, as videos are moving more into reels. And Instagram is pushing reels and Facebook is pushing reels. I'm seeing now in the feed this this lovely change, which is actually a huge opportunity for so many businesses. And it's really fun to see. I love algorithms. That's who I am. (laughs) So if I'm right, uh, the head of Instagram made an announcement about this, that this is like a thing they're doing, right? This is like a conscious choice to move towards reels. Yes, they're making a conscious choice to reels. However, I don't know if you're like me. I've got like a little bit of ADD. Not a little bit. I'm like full blown ADD girl. Um, and reels actually kind of like make me more anxious. So because they're so short, like my ADD starts ramping up and up and up. And so for me, I struggle watching reels. And I bet I'm not the only one who can only watch like four. And then I actually like need a break from Facebook because I'm like too like my sensory, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. Yep. So I'm sure I'm not the only person who has that struggle. So I'm guessing that while they are pushing reels, that there is a subculture who is like, I need content that I can process and I can engage with on my speed, not on your speed. I love that. So, you know, obviously somebody who's listening here, they, they must have thought, all right, you know, is it possible to go to go viral on Facebook anymore? Or is it like a rich get richer, whole bunch of people have already made it and now nobody else can do it? Oh, Adam, this is just a beautiful, beautiful question. And I love this question because just this morning, um, my operations girl, she's amazing. She's worked with me for almost eight months, nine months now. She's absolutely amazing. But her daughter has a severe chronic illness. And being part of our community, her daughter started a Facebook page. Her daughter has 169 precious followers. Her daughter's a teenager. She's 15. Um, she's on Facebook. She started a page. She's got 169 followers. And she sent me a text message over the weekend. She's reaching 16,000 people with single pieces of content. Wow. With only That's 169 followers. Like Her followers are all commenting, all sharing, all engaging. And thus, she's actually reaching 16,000 people with each post she puts up. Like, how beautiful is that? That's- that's absolutely crazy. So what's, what's this trick set? Like, do you have to have some kind of like obscure condition or, you know, how do you, how do you do it? 
She does have an obscure condition, um, but what she's doing is she's connecting with her audience. She's giving her audience a reason to share and to engage. So it's her content is not about, yes, it's about her, but it's more about how you, if you listen to this and you see this, if you share it, you're doing the world a favor. You are becoming this champion for others who are hurting. And so I love how she's crafting her content to be about her, but ultimately what makes her content win, just like it makes all of my students win and the ones that are going viral right now, even when they say Facebook is dead and you have to pay to play. Um, what's making them go viral is because they're thinking about how does their audience consume this content and how does their audience look good, feel good, or make lives better when their audience shares the content, not about like them. How do they make their audience their loudspeaker for them? That makes sense. Okay. So with that being said, how, how does somebody do that? How, how is that done? Oh, the easiest thing, I love this question. The easiest thing is actually just to talk to your people and ask them, what do you call yourself? I mean, how many of us have seen memes in Facebook and or anywhere online and engaged with the memes and then shared that meme with somebody we thought was relevant? I mean, just this morning, my husband shared a leprechaun car because my nephew got a green car. And next thing you know, they're sharing memes of green cars with my <laughs> ninja turtle. And there's this beat up one with a turtle shell on it. Anyways, next thing you know, he's getting all these memes because he got a green car. We feel good. We get this like little dopamine push when we say, you got a junker car. Awesome. We're congratulating him. And here's all these other junker cars. You're going to be just like, you can make it look like this. Okay. We're feeling good. He's feeling good. It's, it's, it's a shared moment that memes make happen. When you're starting from zero, the easiest thing to do is to create that meme type of content that helps you identify where your people are and create a custom audience of those people of who they are. And then after you know who they are, then you can retarget them and bring them into a relationship with you. You want to have the, the tutorials, you want to have the tips, you want to have all of those things, but I want to have them after I found out where they are, because I can't always trust Facebook's algorithm to find them efficiently. Um, like a meme does a meme finds it really quickly. So how do you find a meme is ask your people, what are you like? Are you a crazy mom? Are you a guy who just bought a neon green car? Are you <laughs> not neon green, but it's a pretty bright green car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to see it, make fun of it for a long time. Um, yeah. So yeah, but that's where you have to talk. Who are you um, to your audience? And then when you can reflect back to your audience, who they say they are, they're going to engage on that content. They're going to share it. They're going to laugh about it they're going to spread it to the world. Okay, I love that. So um, obviously, you know, I, I know you well, so I know kind of like your, your method. Um, how big is like the biggest pages you've worked with? Like how, oh. how, how successful have you been? My um, Facebook has had two of their expert, the, the pages that have reached the most people, they've been flown out to Facebook and they've gotten awards at Facebook's office for the largest pages on Facebook. So two of the people who've been sent to Facebook with the largest pages of Facebook have been my clients in the past. That's incredible. So, and they were reaching 120 million people in a single 28 day period. That's incredible. So. Now, does the algorithm work for Instagram as well as Facebook is the same concept? It's the same algorithm. So Adam Mazuri is the guy who made the Facebook news rank system. And then he moved to Instagram and he made the news feed in Instagram. And then he's now working on a, uniting the two platforms. So if you've noticed that content's been a little wonky, sometimes like just three days ago, groups were having feed from three, four years ago being delivered back into the groups. That's because they're redoing the, the back end and they're further uniting the two platforms in the back end. So Think of Instagram and Facebook as literally the same. It's the same algorithm. It's just two different places that you can 
consume that content. But when they consume the content in one place, Facebook knows who they are in the other place. And if they consume content on Facebook, they know you're going to want to see similar content on Instagram. Do you believe that Facebook and Instagram are going to merge? Well, they already have. You just don't know it. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't merged to the user, but it's merged in the algorithm in the back end. So you can go into your business suite tools and you can publish to both Facebook and Instagram. You can publish between them. You can see your insights for Facebook and Instagram in one place. Mm-hmm. You can see your custom audience and ads. You can. So it's, it's the same. It just looks different to the user, but it's actually the same algorithm. I love that. Okay. So somebody says, okay, you know what? I'm sold. Rachel Miller. I'm going to do this. I'm going to become famous on Facebook. Facebook famous. Let's do it. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. What 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 so step one, I've worked out, okay. I know what my audience calls themselves. Let's let's use like an example. Let's use what's like a, a good example. Let's pick a random business. Let's do I had one the other day. Um, all right, this is a good one. You'll love this one. This is a woman from England who sells garden furniture online. That okay. that was the that was the business. So I met her two days ago, um, helping her out with her business. So she says, you know what? I want to go fame. I want to be famous on Facebook. She's looked at into her audience and her audience, we're gonna, I'm going I'm to stereotype here. Her audience are um, at-home moms who okay. just, just had kids and they've decided they're going to spend their spare time in the garden while the, the toddler is napping. That's the plan. And they want to okay. redo the garden. So to make it a good place, right? Okay, so it's a place for kids then. So it's a a family garden that is safe for kids, but also beautiful. Okay, so family garden. That would be the name of her page. And then she's saying, you know, you're a family gardener when your kids are eating the clover. Um, When you save all your eggs from your toddler's toast, toast and tea, and you put them in the... the, compost pile. Um, you know, you're a mom who has kids in the, when you're, when you know, for fact, your child has eaten a bug <laughs> and you can probably identify what type of bug it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a family guy with a garden. So I totally register every single one of these things. Your kids come in <laughs> as you know, you're a family gardener when you can't tell if they're covered in chocolate or mud. <laughs> There's a lot of those types of posts that they could do that would attract somebody who's both a gardener and has young, small children. And that, so this post, should it be like, like just a piece of text or is it like an image of text or like a cool background? How should oh, I, I love to break posts down into four different types of posts. So you're going to want to have that message, that message of I'm a family gardener shared in photos. And that's like memes, uh, yep. but also in images. So those memes where you have written words, it could just be written words or it could be like on a blank color background, or it could be an uploaded picture of the kid covered in um, chocolate or dirt or whichever one it is. And ask your audience to guess. (laughs) Um, So one photo, second one is a video and the videos can be uploaded as square or three by four tall videos. Um, but also they could be stories or reels. So I like to have videos. And then the last one is conversation starters. Now, video right now, um, I want you to put them in two different places. I want you to put them in your page feed, but also in stories and reels. So you're going to need to make double the video content right now. And then the last one's conversation starters, where you're asking your audience a question. So you're going to ask them, how many of you have had a kid who's gotten covered in mud while you were (laughs) reading? Um, You didn't know it was possible. Um, How many of you have seen your toddler eating dirt and you congratulated them? (laughs) Um, How many of you had, at one point, my doctor actually told me it was good for kids to eat dirt. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, if it will stop you keep coming here and asking me every day, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, but anyway, so, so now you've got these pieces of content that help you identify who your perfect audience is and that you can include in your sales copy. You know, you need, you're a gardener, even if you're got a, a brown thumb because your kids are covered in dirt. And you know you want a way to include your kids in gardening, even if you've never um, kept a plant alive for more than four months. So that's what we're here for. So now that all those memes kind of become your sales copy and, and prove and validate your product before you ever have to bring it to market. Okay, so, she, so she creates this page, Family Gardener, and she makes the memes. And then how do people even know this exists? Well, we have two different tracks on how, or I teach two different tracks on how to help people find out that your page exists. The first track is something called niche neighborhooding. And that's something we teach um, that needs no ads, but it does take like elbow grease or time. So it takes about 10 to 15 minutes a day, 10 to 15 minutes a day to create um, connections between your page and other pages. And you usually don't see results for this for about two to three months. However, you see results for a long period of time. So while it takes time to build, it also lasts for a long time. So that traffic that you're bringing in lasts in, um, and just continues for a while. So connecting your page to another page or to another audience. So in that circumstance, I would find where else um, are moms of young kids who love gardening? Are they in, um, homemaking groups or are they in homeschooling groups? Are they in play outdoor groups? Are they in the Waldorf movement? Like the, <laughs> the play outside preschool people? Are they um, actually at the local Home Depot? Like maybe that's where your people are. And so you want to connect your page to Home Depot and say all Home Depot people who are there shopping for garden stuff, Facebook suggest me to those people because my page and that page are so similar. And I know Facebook, you want to keep people on the platform longer. So that's great. Send them to us and we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep them here and talking on Facebook. So, okay. So that's niche neighborhooding. That's one tactic. My other tactic that I like to teach is the paid version. Now, I tell people that I'm an organic strata, traffic strategist. I teach you uh -huh. how to drive traffic for free to your website. And this site, this strategy does take paid ads. But the thing is, it doesn't take very much paid ads. And the point of these paid ads is not to get a conversion. The point of these paid ads is to build your audience that now you can get conversions for from life. Like, like um, my, the girl Grace, she has 169 people in her followers. Well, those 169 people, they're all commenting, they're all sharing, they're all engaging pretty much on all of her content, which is why she's reaching 16,000 for a post. Mm -hmm. And that those people will buy what she says, will engage, like share her ads. They're gonna give social proof. They're far more valuable than a single paid ad strategy would be. Um, so, so six nine boost. You with a six nine boost strategy, you put out different types of engagement ads, or they used to call them boosts. So I st I'm stuck mentally calling them engagement yeah. <laughs> ads as boosts, but they're now called engagement ads. You put out engagement ads to get people to boost your content for you, and as they engage, then you bring them into your organic audience. I absolutely love this. All right, cool. So, so now they engage, now they get into your audience. You've got this audience going. Is that it? Is it just a matter of time now or what, what's going to really overcharge this? Pretty much what, what you need to do next is have consistent content. So um, I'll give me myself as an example. I've, I have blown up on YouTube with different channels. So like with one of my businesses, I have blown up on YouTube. We grew an audience of 160,000 there. So I have grown a YouTube audience in the past. 
Um, YouTube videos are not my favorite videos to make. I told you guys I got ADD. So sitting for seven minutes to talk about one topic for seven minutes is a bit of a struggle for me. Um, <laughs> so, so anyways, while I like consuming the longer content, the shorter content to make it is just, anyways, my point in that is I was not consistent in YouTube. So if you go to my YouTube channel, you're going to see, oh, Rachel has spurts like, oh, she has 9,000 followers, but the reality is I'm only reaching 200 because I haven't posted in six months or three months or whatever it is. So if I'm not consistent, next time I post a video to YouTube, YouTube's not going to be sending me traffic because I haven't been feeding the platform regularly. So what I have to do is then I have to like sow those seeds. I have to put that content out there consistently for a period of time for Facebook and the other social media platforms to say, okay, this girl's actually showing up. So we can trust the traffic that we're going to send to her to stick around and to come back because she's showing up. She's coming back. She's not a one hit wonder. So we don't need to put our put Facebook has a choice of where they're going to send content to. They're going to mm-hmm. choose to send content to the person who's building that audience who keeps people coming back to Facebook, keeps people connected on Facebook. So they're going to. YouTube does the same thing. <laughs> I'm not feeding the YouTube platform. So YouTube's not going to send me more traffic. I am feeding the Facebook platform. So Facebook will continue to show me more traffic. I love it. Okay. That makes total sense. So, um, and then what's next? I mean, is that it? Is there like, can, is there a specific method to monetize this or we just have the traffic and good luck um, run ads to retargeting? What would you recommend? I love it. Yeah. I tend to do my conversions through ads. So it's so funny because people will say, Rachel, you're an organic person. And I just got this ad. Isn't that hilarious? I'm like, yeah, but I spent a lot less than any, but any of my competitors that I know of on ads to get you to convert. And my ads, I don't lose on the front end and like gain on the back end. I'm making on the front end. So anyways, my point is, yes, you're going to use an ad. And I like to have my ads be my, my actual like salespeople. I don't like my normal content to be salesy. I want my sales content to be distributed primarily through ads. And those ads are retargeting. So I've just built this huge audience of people who are aware that I exist, who have engaged in my content, and then they've belonged to my Facebook group, to my email list, to my SMS threads, chat, mm-hmm. like chats. So now I've got them as aware I'm engaged in belonging. Now I need to get them to become a conversion. And that's when I send a conversion ad to them. But I retarget the audience that I've already built, that I've already proven. And I've even proven that they buy something. So before I start running ads, I always try to sell that product organically, but I'm not using organic as my primary sales method. I want to make sure it converts with organic. Then I move it to paid. So that's why it's more private interaction. It's not something that's on my feed. I absolutely love this. So how did you figure all this out, Rachel? Like, you know, did you learn it from somebody? How did it go down? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know if we read, I don't think we mentioned it, but I have six kids and um, (laughs) I was, it was about, oh, 13 years ago, I think Um, I was not fired. I feel like I was fired, but I wasn't (laughs) actually fired. I was pregnant with my second child while I was on maternity leave. So I couldn't go back to school to teaching and I was a high school teacher and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I it was horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was just, I, I, you know how you, I don't know if you, you may not have struggled getting more kids in your life, but for me, I struggled with that, that transition. I was like, wait, I'm a parent. And so I guess you could say it was like postpartum depression, but I know it wasn't postpartum. It was more the fact that my life had a change and I wasn't, wasn't as keen about my life change. And so I, um, 
I became an online, my husband came home and realized I was all depressed and said, why don't you start a blog? I hear girls are having blogs. <laughs> like looking back, I was like, why would he, that, that would not have gone well in any other mental state that I was in. But I said, <laughs> yeah, let's start a blog. And um, I called it Quirky Mama. So you can actually go to Facebook right now and type in Quirky Mama, only misspell mama because I misspelled mama and it's M-O-M-M-A. And you can see my first <laughs> website there. I misspelled it and everything and it's still alive and well. It's got over 4 million followers on it now. And I have since sold it. Um, but yeah, I grew that website. We were getting 10 million page views a month in its heyday before I left it. So um, yeah, it's crazy. So what I did is I built the website built one website, made it viral, built a second website, made it viral, built a third website, made it viral. Um, I built a MLM downline, made it viral. I built, I built, I had an e-commerce store, made it go viral. That was a disaster. The, you made a, I made it go viral, but I didn't have the product in stock yet. And I didn't have the sales page set up quite right. So I was still selling the product, but we didn't have the inventory to match it. So that was, Ugh. that was sometimes success can hurt. <laughs> that one hurt. Yep. <laughs> we shut that store down really fast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyways, um, so my point is I had all those things. And so I went and I said, would people like me to teach them how I've built profitable businesses? And they're like, no girl, don't teach us profitable websites. What we want you to teach us is how did you get that traffic without ads? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's easy. They're like, no, it's not easy. And that's when I realized that I had a formula that I could give people and people basically, they asked me for it. So that made it really easy to sell. That's awesome. And, uh, and that's what you do now? Yeah, I do that and I'm um, working on a software product. So I, I know you and I know that you kind of, the background for this kind of came from school though, right? School. When you were in high school is where you sort of like pieced together niche neighborhooding. And I, maybe I'm oh, 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 giving away too much. Oh, 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 yeah. I know you know you. So I was like, oh, no, you got Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. No, okay, guys. I was, I was, I grew up, um, <laughs> pretty conservative and didn't have a whole lot of friends growing up and um in a pretty like small community and I went to college and it was I was I wanted to be the popular kid and so I was like <laughs> and so I went to college you guys remember those black and white marbled looking books those like school books I had one of those and I like dog-eared the pages and I wrote down what people do to become popular so like, do people respond a certain way to each other? They, the boys do this like, sh okay, you guys can't see me right now because it's a podcast, <laughs> but I'm like raising my shoulder to do this like shoulder bump thing that boys do. Girls do not shoulder bump boys. That's really weird. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> girls might, you know, touch an arm. Like there's different ways you say hi that are, um, you know, or nodding across the room, but you don't want to keep it too. So anyways, I wrote all of these down. In a, I wrote down Michael Jackson is this and NSYNC boys are this. So that way I could remember who, what all these, these people were. I still keep journals to this day of everything I'm ever doing and thinking about. Um, I guess I started that in college, but because I basically hacked what makes people popular, what do people do that makes people connect? Why is this person the one that everyone's hanging out with? Um, I looked at that, I sat in the back of the room and next thing you know, I saw uh, the cafeteria and watched the big tables where everybody congregated. What were they doing? That was different. Um, and I said, I'm going to do those things now. And next thing, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but within two or three years, I had the biggest parties and I had the biggest gatherings and, and everyone was like, I, I would have, I can only take 15 people on this outing to my parents' house. And I'd have 45 people who asked like, why can't I come too? like, so uh, it was really, really fun to be 
like to be that person. And I hacked it. And then I had where I was teaching and I love teaching, but I had no, and I was with people all day teaching and I came home and there's no people around. And so the only people were online and I used the same strategies. I got my notebook out. What are people doing online to talk to people? Okay. When you use a lot of contractions, those are things like aisle, wheel, shouldn't, couldn't, would have, um, all of those with a contraction, those little apostrophes in the words, they get more attention. Well, I'm like, awesome. I'll use more apostrophes. Oh, wait a second. If I use the word you two times, it looks like I'm bossy. So I shouldn't do you two times. Okay. Well, I won't do you two times, but one time is good. Okay. So you better do this because it's going to be awesome. Not you better do this because you're going to need to, well, one seems like, Hey, come join me. This is cool. And the other one seems bossy. So I learned all that by writing it all down in a piece of paper or a book. <laughs> Every time I see these like connections, I guess. Um, yeah, I write them all down. And then next that's kind of became part of the course. Yeah. Love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I think it's so fascinating, like learning why or how somebody came to it. Cause that was something that you developed in, in college for you. Yeah. And it ended up being something that would help everyone with regards to Facebook and, and you know, working with other communities. Yeah. And I mean, who would have thought that the girl who was desperately trying to have friends um, that she would be able to teach the world how to have friends online. Like that's <laughs> honestly, that's pretty, pretty kind of creepy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. you teach dating. So it's very similar. A lot of these things are very similar. You can yeah, come true. on too I mean, strong and you can come on not enough. And there's like oh, this middle line that you have to find. You, you're hundred percent right. I, I remember being shocked after 15 years of teaching date. No. Yeah. 13 years of teaching dating. So when I first got into mergers and acquisitions and uh, I would walk in a room and everyone's like, okay, that guy is a big investor. He's got a lot of money. I was like, Oh, I don't care. I'm just going to go and chat to him. And I just go up to him. And I remember we were in a bar and uh, this guy was like, a, he was, flew a jet and he was like this big investor guy. And he was like, do you know if, uh, if this guy is going to come and serve us drinks at any point? I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's a uh, help yourself bar, actually. And he looks at me and goes, no. And I was like, uh, I mean, I don't see a bartender. I'm pretty sure you just go and help yourself, dude. Like, pretty sure. And he goes, you sure about that? I was like, yeah. Yeah, why don't you get behind the bar and uh, help yourself? <laughs> and so this guy is like looking around. He's awkward. He gets behind the bar. And I was like, why are you there? And I start ordering drinks and then I'm like, hey guys, bartender's here. And I bring everyone over to start ordering drinks from this billionaire who's now having the best time of his life because he's never been a bartender. And he's trying <laughs> to work out people's drinks. He's showing off his cocktail skills that he doesn't have. He loved me. He was like, this guy's great. And it's like dating hack 101. And I was like, how do you know this stuff? Like you're so good at mergers and acquisitions and networking with the billionaire. And I was like, I'm, it's just dating stuff. It's just, it's totally just dating. It's yeah. honestly, if you can make people feel special online, you can make people feel special in real life. And if you can make people feel special for free, well, you can make people feel special as they buy from you and you get to make a transformation in their lives as they invest in you, your programs, your products and invest in themselves. Like it's just really awesome, but yeah. it's the same skills needed for all of those. 100%. Um, Rachel, you're amazing. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I want to, I want to learn from Rachel. I want Rachel to, to, to show me how to do this. What do people do? We have a free Facebook group. I love giving everything I have away for free almost. And it's called grow your audience. And we would love to have them. Perfect. So guys, there you go. Go, go on Facebook, check out grow your audience uh, with Rachel Miller. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to come join me on the podcast. You're amazing as always. And right back um, at you. You know, I love you. Have a great day. <laughs> 
for everyone listening, Rachel's phenomenal, close friend, and also just a phenomenal human being. Also, she knows a thing or two about organic uh, Facebook, so you go check it out. Thank you ever so much, Rachel. And for everyone else, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Once again, smart businesses do this. But wait, before we go, before we go, there is one more thing. I just remembered, Rachel. I'm so sorry. I always ask people at the very end, I should have warned you this, but I didn't, to say, what do smart businesses do? Could you say smart businesses and then tell me what it is that they do in your words, what smart businesses do? Love people. Because if they love people, they're going to make sure that their product makes a difference in people's lives. And if they love people, their product will be about the the people they serve more than about their bottom line and their profits. And they're going to make a massive impact in the world. There you go, guys. Smart businesses love people. Rachel Miller, thank you ever so much for joining us, guys. Go check her out on Facebook. And thank you ever so much for listening to Smart Businesses Do This. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.